Episode 96, folks, with Owen River. Powerful episode 96 because Owen opens up about his childhood and it seemed to be a tremendously tumultuous childhood. Uh, having a parent as a, uh, an addict when it comes to drugs, specifically heroin, and how that affected his life. And I really appreciate him sharing light, shedding light into his story from the age of eight years old all the way up to his high school years and beyond. Now he's 19, climbing the ranks here in Cleveland. His profile is elevating. His music is uh, undeniable. And um, his story is remarkable. Uh, really appreciate him. And hopefully we could uh, touch some people today who may, may be going through the same thing or who may need some help. So thank you, Owen. Thank you guys for coming out and uh, sharing the story. And uh, you guys will be blown away by it. Anyone that wants to take the time to listen to this one, please share it if you need to share it. Uh, like it, subscribe, comment, whatever you have to do. But before we get there, episode 100 is coming up. And I've teased it already on multiple episodes. I'm teasing it again. Ida Haber, my mother. Episode 100, be ready. We're going to have fun. She's going to be the one turning the tables on me, and she wants to be the one hosting episode 100, and I will be the guest. So keep an eye out for that. We're getting close because this is episode 96. And uh, if you haven't yet, like I said, cl please click subscribe, join the family, join the Optimal Life family. We are continuing to grow, and I want you to be a part of that. And once you have, be prepared to be blown away by this powerful episode 96 with the one and only Owen River. The Optimal Life. Been hearing a lot about you. <laughs> a lot of good things. That's Get good. into some trouble last night. <laughs> Just as we're it. sitting down, I'm hearing things about you had some fun last night, huh? Yeah. yeah. Where are the strip clubs at these days? Um. Well, I, the one I went to was like right downtown, like in Cleveland. Um. I don't even know. It was called Paradise. Paradise Club. Paradise Club. Yeah, that was my first strip club ever. So, first club. That at was your first experience. Yeah, at all. Like in any club at all. So, nice, man. What'd you think? Um, It was interesting. It was definitely not what I thought. Because, um, I mean, they said they were trying to try something new. So, it was basically like a club, but they had strippers walking around and like twerking and stuff. It was weird. But, uh, You're like, this is real, man. This is real life. Feel <laughs> like, yeah, this is people pay money to come do this. Like, that's crazy. But um, I only really went there because uh, my team, my manager, had got me hooked up with this. Uh, he knew the guy that was performing there and his manager. So we got to go see him perform and talk to him. Who's your manager? Uh, Well, his name's Pesh. He's not really my manager, I guess. But, I mean, he's uh, he helps me out with my music. Nice. So, what record label is that? Is that uh, a label? TSO Music Group. Yeah. Okay. And they're located here in Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. And how many? What are they? Is it just what kind of style? Like what kind of what kind of music are we talking about? Um, here? it's like I mean, just hip hop, rap, really, hip hop and rap. But I mean, my my style is a little different. I do kind of everything. <laughs> Cause I was listening to some of your clips on Instagram, and uh, well, I was thinking that that you have kind of like this R and B. Uh, mix with the rap or the hip hop. What? Yeah, how do you I mean, I like to describe it as like melody, like a melodic, Sorry, a melodic this. style of rap. Uh huh. Because basically, I'm just like, it's like almost like I'm singing, but I'm rapping at the same time. I'm like sing rapping. I don't even know. It is. It's like a weird mix. I'm trying to think of who you remind me of, and I don't. No, nobody comes to mind. Yeah, I don't. I mean, people do 
say that they remind me of certain people, but I don't really. Is there anyone that you've looked up to over the years as you've been going through this that you say, I kind of want to... Um, well, honestly, like one of the first people that I started listening to that impacted me was Big Sean. And he doesn't even really do like a melodic style. Like before that, I started rapping. Like I was like, well, really, not. Nah, I didn't even rap first. I did poetry. It really all started because I was doing poetry in seventh grade. And I just really loved that. And over time rap became very popular <laughs> and everyone yeah. was like you know if you can do poetry you might as well rap so i was like i'll try it <laughs> and here i am now the word the lyrics just comes to you came to you easily right very yeah. easily yeah and then it's crazy because over time i realized that the melodies started to like i was hearing the melodies more than the lyrics after a while so now like the melodies kind of got me through and then i fill in the words so you're what 19 now 19 years old I mean from 7th that wasn't that long ago 7th grade yeah for me it was a long time ago (laughs) for you it wasn't that long ago 7th grade 6 years later here you are so at what point do you start taking it more seriously at what what age were you and and then how do you go about starting to get yourself out there what did you do so I started taking it more seriously in wow it was probably like um senior year so i was still 17 at the time i didn't i wasn't even 18 when i graduated because my birthday's in july so i was 17 and um damn i think it was uh so just two years ago yeah just two years ago and then uh that year on christmas which would have been 2018 yeah my mom had contacted me on instagram and I haven't talked to her like since before that for six years. So this all. was was this last Christmas in eighteen or two Christmases ago um, in seventeen? No, this was in eighteen. So just last Christmas. Yeah, just okay. last Christmas. Okay. Yeah, she had uh, reached out to me, and you know we were talking, and she just uh, you know we haven't talked in six years, so that kind of just impacted me like <laughs> very hard. You know, I was like not ready for that. So I was usually, I don't really like to talk to people about anything that I'm going through. Like I I just like to bottle a lot of stuff in, which isn't the best, but I have one release form, which is my music and I can just let everything go. And so after that happened, she had contacted me. I was like broken, didn't know how to feel. So I just went and like, I don't even know. I just went out to a drive drove out to the beach and I was sitting in my car looking for like some sad beats really I was like looking like I need something like sad I just want to like let stuff out and I wrote that song something for you right there and I was like sitting there I was thinking like wow this is like really good this is one of the best things I feel like I ever wrote and I wasn't so sure about it so the next day I showed my best friend to my friend Hattie and he was like, yo, that shit is, like, hard. You need to put that out somewhere. Like, and at the time, I couldn't record. Like, I was a senior. I didn't have money. I was broke. <laughs> so I wasn't going to the studio. And uh, I just recorded a little video of myself on Twitter. Like, I just posted it on Twitter. And it blew up crazy, like, viral kind of. And so many people were contacting me. Like, I felt this so much, like... And they were telling me, like, their their whole life story, like, about their parents that they haven't seen or 
other things and they just really related to me like and they felt me and at that point I was like wow like I need to keep making music so this was just last Christmas yeah like so just it hasn't year. even been a full year nah well wait no okay maybe I did make some of my dates I think it maybe was maybe it was so 2000 well it's 2019 now so, so last Christmas was Christmas of 2018 yeah 2018 so mm, no I guess it was 2017 right so yeah. almost two years ago almost two years almost ago. two years ago so yeah. 2017 your mom reaches out to you there's a lot to take in we'll get into this yeah your mom reaches out to you and uh, fast forward you have a conversation you go somewhere and you write arguably the best song to, <laughs> that you've ever written within yeah. a matter of several hours it sounds not like. even not like, even like an hour an hour I so just it on so the hour. emotions that triggered whatever happened it was just flowing yeah the like it was driving I you i wasn't even like because when i really sit down and write most of my songs i sit there and like think it out and i have to it, it'll take a while that time it was just all coming out like i was it was like i wasn't even thinking it was just it. effortless it was flowing yeah. literally flowing and it's crazy because she named me Owen River because I'll, I'll keep on flowing. Like, she literally oh, named look me that. At that. Yeah. And it's like, that shit was That's just, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, your mom calls you. You mentioned this was Christmas of 17. You hadn't spoken to her in six years prior. So, yeah. take us back. Let's get into some of that because this is obviously where a lot of the fuel comes from. And uh, your story is, from what I've heard, remarkable. So, take us back to your childhood family life, your relationship with your mom, and then get us to where the point where she ends up walking out. Okay, yeah, so basically, um, so let's see. She had me, my dad and my mom had me very young. They were both like, I think my dad was 20, like 19 or 20. My mom was like 20, and they were just, I don't know. I don't think they were necessarily ready <laughs> at the time, and uh then they, I think they got divorced when I was like two. And then my dad got custody because my mom just was not in the right headspace and everything. And uh, <clears throat> so then I met, my dad met my stepmom and they lived together for a while. Then they broke up. And mostly I was just living with my dad for a while. And I would see my mom on the weekends and stuff like here and there because she had partial custody. But. It was just rough over there a lot because she was like into a lot of drugs and just like heavy drug use, like heroin, other things like that. And so, you know, growing up, <clears throat> like I had to see that and I would go back and tell my dad because they would question me like, what's going on over there? What type of stuff are you seeing? And so I'd be like, you know, seeing this, this and this and that's just you know at the time I was like eight and I'm telling them like I'm seeing needles pills drugs you know she's very distant she would just stay in her room a lot and like I had a little sister too that lived there all the time like I don't even know what type of stuff she had to go through and so, so when your mom's in the room distant is it just you and your sister there there's no one else there to help well no my stepdad was there but stepdad. he was up there with her so. so he'd be up there taking care yeah. of her or doing the same shit with her yeah doing the same shit so they're both basically it's almost as if they weren't even there weren't even there and me and my sister you and your sister how, how old was your sister she was or how many years well, apart are you okay so I'm 19 so she's like 
14 or 15 now. So she was like three years old or four years old four while you were eight years yeah. old. So yeah. you, as an eight-year-old, were thrown into an adult role, when yeah. you would, at least when you would go to your mom's house on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. So what would you do at eight years old? How do you take care of yourself at eight years old? What it's hard. Doing? Like, real shit, the only thing that we had, like, there was never even a lot of food in the house. Like, I remember growing up, I used to eat dry ramen. I never even knew. I grew up thinking that ramen was like a snack, like a crunchy snack. And then I grew up, and I'm going to my friend's house. They're like, you cook this shit. This is noodles, bro. Like, I really did, had no clue my, for a long time. Because you would just time. take it out of the thing and, and just she was like, just it eat like it. it was this like is a, a snack. This is a cracker. Crackers, yeah. Like, that's the type of shit I would eat. And, like, <laughs> to save apple juice, like, she would get... She would never buy us juice, but she would get apple juice. And, like, she would tell me I'd have to conserve it because it wouldn't last long. So you do, like, half a cup of water and then pour half the rest in apple juice. And I would have to, like, make my sister that to, like, drink. And she's like... I don't know, that was just, like, the type of stuff, like, at least eating, like, trying to stay fed when she's, like, not there to take care of us. When she was in her room and they would be absent for periods of time, what would you, do you remember the thoughts you have? Were you wondering what they were doing? Were you able to pick up that maybe they're not doing I something mean, that they should be? Or is it, are you too young at that age? Like, at the time, I was, I don't know, I was very confused. I was just, I knew that it wasn't right, though. I knew that something was up, and... Like, somebody had, you know, had to be told, like, because if that just kept going on, who knows what would have happened. Because you were able to compare that it was different at your dad's From, place. Yeah, when I was there, they're there all the time. You know, I'm with my dad, my stepmom. When I'm there, she's upstairs all the time. She acts weird when she's with us. So it's like, you know, she was just... Like, uh, not able to look at you in the eyes, not able to talk it to was you, just, have a conversation. Nah, she, she had these very weird, crazy, like ideas and morals and just I don't even know it was she was just very different <laughs> so they were up there are they shooting needles up there do you find out yeah I mean basically yeah I'm pretty sure they were doing I just know that they were doing heroin and like other things not even you know a lot would you guys things. then put yourself they would probably pass out right yeah I mean so there would be a lot of times they're just up there sleeping and I'm like what like what are we supposed to do like my whole childhood, a lot of it was, like, and it's crazy, we never even had cable. So we would sit down there, and my grandpa, my step-grandpa, like, because my stepdad's dad, he would, like, record, like, seven hours of cable on a, on a DVD and give it to us. And me and my sister would watch that same DVD over and over and over. Every wow, weekend. man. Every weekend. You guys I know, put yourself to bed. Every, like, every I know week. Spongebob so well. You have no <laughs> idea. I've seen the same episodes of Spongebob like 50 million times. Mm -hmm. That's all you would do. You knew that when you were going there, that was going to be pretty much your weekend. I wouldn't even time. sleep. There was times I would stay up so late because I could hear them like fighting. They fought a lot too, my stepdad and my mom. So how long does this go on for? Went on until I was eight. It's crazy because Christmas is so always popping up in this so right christmas eve um i'm like eight years old and i don't know i think this is just like after i had said so much to my parents that they finally like kind of you know they went up to my mom and my stepdad they're like what's going on what are you doing like questioning them all this stuff and there was just a big fight and after that um I was like in my, like they made me and my sister and my cousin go in this other room. They wouldn't even let us like hear what was going on out there. So then I come back out 
and my mom's like screaming, telling my sister to go, like with her. And she was like, she basically said that this was my fault and that if I never would have said anything, we still would have been together. This is Owen's fault, she said. Yeah, like my fault. Like she's mm -hmm. looked at me, she said, this is Owen, this is your fault. Why did you have to tell your dad this? Why did you say all these things? Why did you, like, now you're never going to see me again. You're never going to see your sister again. All this stuff. And, like, <laughs> that shit still impacts me to this day. I still sure. feel like I question everything I do because of that. Like, because of that because moment. Because of that moment right there. I question every single move. Everything. And yeah, man, that's heavy. I mean, that's very heavy. Um, but if you don't, if you don't, you question that. But if you don't do that what could what could have been potential other right. scenarios could have right. unfolded over the next year or two of your life and that's not, what i have to always think about you have to realize that you did the, first of all you did the right thing you did the right thing for first and foremost you and your sister right second of all for your mother and third of all for all the, everyone else that's involved in this family dynamic and people that care about her um but you, you, what what could it have led to could have led to more drug abuse potential death violence murder suicide who knows man think of all the negative things that are associated with those kind of drug activities right. especially death uh, god forbid you guys walk into one day to seeing a parent on the floor lying there lifeless and then what would that have done to you for the rest of your life right think about that and then you would have said i can't believe i didn't say something earlier right so right. you would have questioned that for the rest of your life so you have to realize that that what you did was 110 percent the right thing so don't ever, first of all, don't ever question that. I know that that I can't imagine what that feels like. As an eight-year-old kid, my, I've got kids that are in that range, in age. My daughter's birthday's today, nine years old, and uh, my other one's seven. So they're in that same range. To, to, yeah, that's something that will stick with you forever. But you have to realize that had you not done it, the alternative was would have been worse. And you were going to question yourself no matter, you were put into a no-win situation. Because you were going to question yourself no matter what, eventually at some point. So, um, but with that said, so she screams, "It's your fault! It's your fault for because of that's what obviously that's the the drugs too, right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. other people's fault. They don't want to. You don't want to accept responsibility. You want to place blame everywhere else, which is a common theme." Um, amongst not only drug addicts but alcoholics abusers any type of negative behavior a lot of times they deflect to the outside they won't look internally so uh, she picks up this is christmas eve the 24th yeah. this was 2008 because you're eight yeah. years old yeah and they're gone yeah they pick up out of the house that night and they're gone yeah okay so what happens? What do? You, what happens at that point? I mean, you had that had to be like the most tumultuous time of your entire life. Yeah, actually, I don't know why. I just ran away. Real shit. I like picked up. She left, and I just started running outside. It was like cold as hell, and I had no coat. And then I just started like sitting in the snow, and I just remember laying in the snow, like what the fuck just happened like real shit i was like questioning my whole life i was like what like i had no like i was just so confused and then my dad just came back out and he grabbed me he was like you're cool bro like come on and like we just kept going after that <laughs> and it was like
there was like nothing really even said about it for a while like nobody talked about it it was kind of just like she just disappeared we were all like okay like <laughs> what and then uh really i didn't hear much from her after that for like four years like nothing no phone calls texts anything four years christmas 2012 i get a phone call from my grandma the same one like that this whole incident happened at like at this grandma's house calls me again four years later hey owen um I don't know what you're doing, but your mom and your stepdad are here if you want to come see them. I'm like, just so like, I started crying right there. I broke down. I was like, wow, like what? Let me ask you first off, had you talked to your grandma in those four years or no? I mean, see, so this is the thing because like, it was my, you know, it was my stepdad's family. So it's like, I really had no relation to them. Oh, okay. And it's like, I mean, I did... I, I did still talk to them, but not as much as I did before, obviously. Because, like, I really was only talking to them as much because my mom and my stepdad, they got kicked out of their house. And so we lived with the other grandpa. And they lived across the street. It was so weird. Like, the one grandpa lives across the street, and then the grandma lives across the street with her new husband. Like, it's a weird situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. So she wasn't really that cl- you weren't that close yeah to her. like i wasn't really close to them like i mean because you know it's not but i was still kind of why on christmas four years later was i don't anything? know i don't know why it always happens on christmas like real shit was that the first time that she had seen them in four years do you know see that's the thing because the stepdad like i think he was still in contact with them and she was still with him so i feel like they might have still been in con. I don't, but I really you don't, don't know all the details. Yeah, I still don't even like nobody's really filled me in. So four years have gone by. You're, pro- <coughs> you're, you're, you're obviously you're scarred forever. I mean, it, the scar will will heal, and, and it and it should already be healing for you because again, you, you have to realize what you've done is. Thank God you did it when you did it. it you would have questioned yourself ten times more had to continue to go on with something else. You would have questioned. So you know, just remember that. But your scars are, are your your wound is is healing, and uh, it's been four years. You probably seem like you've gotten into a f- regular flow in life. It's been with your father. So the rush, the wave of emotions. You said you start crying. Do you go see her that night? What happened? Yeah, I ended up. Um, I was at my stepmom's house, and we kind of like finished up our Christmas because it was literally like Christmas morning, like waking up, <laughs> opening presents, and. Uh, finished that up and then we drove over there and I just remember that drive I was like so nervous like I had that like Mm -hmm. sick to your stomach you're like what is like butterflies like what is I don't even because I was like wondering like what am I about to walk into I really don't even know and um we get there and she's there and I'm like wow (laughs) it was very different she was really skinny really pale like her skin was like wrinkled she just like had a whole she didn't even look like the same person I saw four years ago I didn't even remember like I was like Mm -hmm. I almost didn't even like recognize her I'm like it was just so 
four years, she looked like a completely different person. Different she looked person. worse to you. Worse. She looked worse. even worse. Like, lost weight and pale, and I'm like, what happened? Like, she looked like a zombie. And then, like, I see my stepdad. He looked... I never even liked him. Like, I hated him. That's a whole nother story, but... He is there. He looks even shittier. I'm just like, you guys look, like, terrible. What happened? Did you say that? No, I didn't. I mean, I'm thinking all this right. stuff, but... Cause I mean, you have also at the time I'm 12, so I'm like still kind of young. Like, oh yeah, fuck? Like, this and is... your last interaction with them was, <laughs> "This is all your fault for telling yeah. on us." So I'm like, and so she's sitting here telling me like, "I'm sorry, I've been gone," you know, all this stuff, blah blah blah, just a bunch of "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and I mean, the, the night went on. She didn't even really tell me much about what went on the four years. Like, she did a little. But I could just tell that there was a lot left out. Like, it was just kind of like, sounded like bullshit, really. Mm -hmm. And night went on, and it was like pretty much it. I mean, we kind of just stayed there a couple hours and talked and talked. And then it ended with her saying, you know, you'll see me again soon. We're going we're gonna to see each other soon. Like, I'm so sorry for all this. You know, this will never happen again. Never saw her again after that night. <laughs> so I still have. So she was apologetic. Yeah, she Which, was very apologetic. So that must. Uh, so you go back to your dad and your stepmoms that night or whatever, and do you feel a sense of relief? Do you remember the feelings at this stage now? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was thinking like things were about to be different. Like I was like, I mean, I still was. I was still a little like shocked because I mean, you know, it was like four years, like still nothing. So it was kind of weird. And I was like, I don't know. I did believe it, though, at the time. And then as time went on, like, <laughs> no. Well, it's got to be tremendously confusing, too. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about you're just an adolescent. Eight years old, your world is turned upside down. Four years go by, you're trying to get into a routine with school, friends. And, I mean, at this time, like, my stepdad and my my. Or my my dad and my stepmom just got a divorce too, so oh, I was okay. like, "Wow, <laughs> my whole family's like split. Everything is split." That so, was really right. hard. Like I was in counseling at the time, actually. Like, so I you're had, 12 years old. You're going into your adolescent phase when emotions are already changing. Now, puberty, all this crazy stuff, right? Like adolescence, friends. I mean family relationships all these different things and you probably just it had to be just so tremendously confusing at this stage at this point yeah it had to be just like a whirlwind for you that was only seven years ago so she says we're, we're gonna make this work we're gonna make it right do you try to call her? I mean, you don't start. You, well, so weeks go by, months go by. What I happens? Never, I mean, I never got her phone number or anything. I like realized that after. I was like, wow, like how am I supposed to contact her? And then, uh, just like a couple weeks go by, and I'm like, so where's my mom? Have you heard from her? Like I start asking my dad. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. And then I talked to my grandpa her dad because he's like still always been really close with her and he's like to be honest i don't know when like she's kind of just doing her own thing but hopefully you'll see her and nothing like <laughs> nothing no cause anything just i kept asking for like maybe for that year 
I had asked, and then after that, I was just like... Do you ever bring up... Do you ever ask anybody, Is did you know that... She, I mean, obviously knew the drugs. Did you know that... Do you ask the questions? Is she off drugs? Is she working? Do you ask any questions, or do you just not... Is, are you too young to even... So, I mean, like, when I was, like, 12, yeah, I was kind of, like... I mean, I was, like, wondering... Well, no, when I first saw her, I kind of knew, like, wow, she's probably still on it. Like, she's definitely got to be something. And then... After years going by of not hearing anything, I'm like, is she like, is she even alive? Like, what's going on? I literally haven't heard anything. And then, so that was 2012. Yeah, 2012. So and, you then move on with your life again. You start yeah. this next. It's almost like you start this phase over again, right? Because yeah. part of you, it's a good thing because she she's apologized and maybe it helps you subconsciously in a in a way, and you're. But it, at the same time, it was just a false hope, gave you false hope, false promise. And now you start the next four, five, six-year phase without her again. Yeah. She just popped in for a day, and that was it, right? Yeah. So you're going through high school. You're living with your father? Yeah. All the way through uh, junior high school, middle school, junior yeah. high school. <clears throat> and then you talked about it before. Something happened again on Christmas Day. Well, actually, there was one thing. There was one thing before that. In, like, freshman year, I think it was, like, 2015 or 14, there was, like, after not hearing anything for, like, two, three years, I heard that she almost died. Like, and looking back on it, I kind of just now pieces together. That's kind of crazy. But, like, my dad had told me, and my grandpa had called me telling me that she had went to the hospital because she got like infected by a dirty needle or something. And she was like almost about to die, all this stuff. But then, anyway, that happened. And I mean, I still didn't even hear from her ever. I just heard about that. And then I heard that she kind of made an okay recovery and she was fine. That was about it. But then, like a year later, I don't even remember what happened, but I was just. I was Googling her, like, seeing what, because I was, like, curious, and that was one thing, too, when I was growing up, my dad and my stepmom never let me on, like, social media or anything, because they didn't want her to try and contact me, ever, and so I had no, like, contact or anything, so then I had, like, finally Googled her one day, and I found something, a report on her, and she had got shot, like, somebody shot her in the middle of the street for like but then there was when she was there there was like she had no reason or there was no nobody knew why and it was just all like a mystery she just randomly got shot but I mean I feel like there was definitely something else going on behind that and I think that might have been I mean who knows maybe that other thing with the needle was that but I feel like that might have been them trying to cover up because looking back it was around the same time when the needle incident had, they had told me oh she was in the hospital with the dead oh, needle oh is that what you said you were just piecing together yeah now? when I was just piecing together I'm like wait a second cause they were telling me like that around the same time when she had got shot so so maybe she had really gotten shot and they were and trying to protect trying to, you from that yeah that's what I think that was but then yeah nothing 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 and then Christmas <laughs> so you're getting your your life has been Obviously, this wasn't what you chose, um, but you're making your way through it. It sounds like you're staying kind of on the right path, 
trying to stay out of trouble as much as you can, or were you were you finding yourself so getting into more there's trouble? So thing, like all high school year, yeah, I was kind of getting a lot of trouble. I was on probation a lot. I was like getting. It was all just me doing stupid stuff, like getting in trouble smoking weed, like getting in trouble with alcohol, like stupid stuff. You were trying to escape. Yeah, really. I mean, I was just trying to. I was just really free, like. I don't even and then there was so another big thing was right when I started high school I tried football for the first time I'm like let mm-hmm. me try football everybody's like yo you're a big dude you should try football like everybody always wanted me to play my dad so I'm like fucking like I'll try I play football played one scrimmage I did the whole training all that practice learned it everything one scrimmage go against this dude he's like 400 pounds big dude and I'm like, yo, what am I about to do? Like, I'm supposed to guard him. And I'm like, I don't even know football. Like, to, to this day, like, I never really paid attention to it. So I don't even know. I'm supposed to, like, guard him. I'm like, what am I? So I'm like, I'm about to go for his knees. Like, maybe I could just take him out. This dude grabs my head, my helmet, smashes me on the ground, then falls on top of me. And I blacked out. And I was like, damn. Like, I got up all dizzy and shit. I'm like, what the? Played the rest of the game get home passed out like have no memory <laughs> at all my i wake up to my dad screaming at me and he's like thinking i'm drunk he's like what's wrong with you like what do you want like what are you acting like this and i was like bro i just got messed up at football today i don't know and then i went to the hospital and found out i had like a major concussion oh my god like god. terrible like i was messed up and then later on figures out so also another thing during my childhood had like seizures a lot these weird little kind of like freeze up seizures where i would just freeze up literally like i never was like shaking or anything but i would like kind of pause i don't know i forgot what they call it but then anyway after i got my concussion i started having seizures a lot like so much it was like bad and this was all starting high school and I'm like, this was just, it was terrible. Right, as you're going into the most terrifying time of your life as it is, now you're dealing with this, these physical and things. And then, it's crazy because I just now pieced this together like a couple of days ago, but I didn't even, nobody ever told me, like any doctor or anybody told me that there's a thing called stress-induced seizures where you can literally have seizures because you're stressed out like so much. And like... Thinking back, all my seizures were all when I was thinking heavy or really, like, stressing on something that I could not do or could not complete or, like, I just couldn't understand. Anxiety-filled. Anxiety. Yeah. And, like, Panic. that's a real thing. <laughs> like, I think oh, it definitely that. is. And it definitely like, is. Nobody was able to ever figure that out. So I never got medication or anything going up for that either. And then, uh, yeah. Did you ever think... Th- did you ever go real dark? I mean, did you ever have suicidal thoughts? Yeah. I, to be honest, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was Do bad. you remember when? Um, I mean, when I was real young, like, when I was in counseling, shit was really bad. Like, I was like, I hated myself, like, like so much. Are you talking I like 9, 10, 12, 11 yeah, like years old? Yeah, 8 years old, 9 years old, 10. Like, hating myself. And I was getting bullied at school, so it didn't help. <laughs> Everyone was making fun of me. Like, I was, like, fat and just it was just so you had those thoughts at that young of an age at that young ripe age of life nine years old ten years old it was terrible like i had to like i mean my counselor ended up helping me a lot but 
before that, I was in a dark place. How were you able to get through it with the counselor's help, but what else did you have to... Cause really, what ended up realizing, like, what I realized is just talking. Like, I never talk to anybody. I just keep it all in, and that's what was messing me up. Like, I just needed to have somebody to talk to. <laughs> so you Even felt- my parents, I didn't talk to them, because, like, they didn't really talk about it. So, like... It was taboo to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So, so talk like, therapy was... You're, it saved you, you feel like. Who did yeah. you, So you just talking to that one specific person? Like, because? I don't even remember them, to be honest. It's like, it doesn't even need to be anybody. I think just me talking. And then the music came in as a whole different therapy. But talking, like, really was just helping because not, like, letting that out was just killing me. When you were writing your poetry at 13, were, you, were these things coming out onto the paper? Yeah, it was crazy because I was, I never wrote, so I grew up in Richmond Heights. And, like, I mean, that's, you know, kind of a ghetto school. Like, it's not really, you know, that's literally why I left. My dad was like, I want you to have a better education, like, than this. This is not where you want to graduate high school. So I left there, and then I went to Westlake. And I remember the first thing in English class, they're talking about poetry. I'm like, bro, I never, like, I never read poetry at Richmond Heights, never studied anything. I'm thinking this is whack, whatever. Then I start writing. And my teacher read, like, what I wrote. And she was like, this is, like, beautiful. Like, this is really, like, passion. Like, it's, you're telling a story. Like, she just could feel everything I was putting out. And she was like, you need to keep doing this. Like, keep writing this. And I was like, all right, all right. Kept writing, kept writing. And just man. Were you talking? Were you, were you putting out there, like, the stuff about your mom at that so, point or not yet? this is the thing. Like, I kind of was, but... I was using these, like, alter, you know, ego type of things, like, using these stories, like, telling these stories, but nobody knew, like, it was actually my story. (laughs) Right, you're telling these dark stories of, uh, but you're talking about other people. Like, they were dark, like, it was real, like, talking about, like, I hated myself, talking about, like, I want to end my life, like, things, and, like, talking about... Just but you were, were you were talking about feeling. somebody else that wanted to end his life. Yeah, right? but it would were, all be in the perspective of someone else. Somebody else, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she like she was. She probably picked up on it. I would Early. think those teachers pick up on that stuff <laughs> oh, too. Yeah, you know, definitely. she's going. That's heavy, man. That's unbelievable. But that must have been a huge sense of relief for you at that point. Yeah. Just Once. to be able to start verbalizing it in through this art form. Yeah, and it, I realized I kind of started liking that a little better than talking to people because you can't talk to everybody is what I realized also. Like, not everybody's going to listen like a counselor. And so, like, I had to, like, realize, like, wow, like, when I write this stuff down, it's, like, only for me at the time while I'm writing it. And if I choose to share it with people and they like it, like, that's great. But... At least, if I even if I don't, I have it for myself. Like, are there any verses that stick out that you still have memorized that you remember? That, or was of it? like poetry, to be honest, not really. No. Okay. But I wish I wish I had this first poem so bad. Like, just I don't know. I don't, it was probably raw, man. It was so Authentic. like I want to ask my my teacher about it. Like, is there any way you got it? Because we had a whole like thing, a whole project at the end. And then we had to go out and, like, read our poems in front of everybody. And when I read my poem to everybody, they were all, like, I could just tell everybody felt me, like, at that time. My teacher was crying. She was, like, tearing up, like. And you were only 13? Yeah, seventh grade. Wow. (laughs) And this was crazy, too, because before that, 
that was like my first moment of like because at my old school like everybody bullied me so i was like i had no friends really up until literally right before i left everyone is so crazy because at richmond heights they bullied me because they thought i was white real mm -hmm. shit like there was like a bunch of like black kids that would be like yo like you're a fat cracker like that's what they would always call me and i'm like bro i'm half black like y'all don't even know like literally like and one day I, they would always bully me you know and i would get in fights so one day my dad had to come to the school they realized that i was half black and they literally like they started accepting me after that day and it was so weird i started being once they saw your father yeah once they saw my father and they realized that i actually was like half black and they're like wow he was not lying because they thought i was i would tell them i'm like bro like why are y'all trying to like but they would try and bully me because i was white and like fat and like i'm like dude i'm not even white though like i'm half black and they'd be like no you're not and they would like you know bully me even more because that now, i've heard that that's a hard place to be growing up mixed race yeah for some people it because was, you nobody especially me like i don't even look you know that dark right <laughs> like there's a lot of other light skins that are light like, darker than me so that's hard for kids growing up especially when race <coughs> seems to be a lot of times in different cultures different cities different places throughout this country you're gonna have white kids congregating with white kids and black kids congregating with black kids it's just the fact, the way of the world, and people that are mixed race, and especially light, or lighter skin like yourself, they say that is a tough place to be, and obviously you're living proof of that because yeah. which right you know you, no, you want you want to be friends like we're friends with everybody like hey man can't we all just be friends here right but at, at those adolescent phases especially when it's kind of yeah you you stick to your own skin color for whatever reason it makes it tough for people like you because you don't have a home then. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah. I've, you I, could read studies. People tell Yeah. It's, it's, that's it's so wild. true. Like, looking back on my whole childhood. Yeah. yeah. So, you go off to Westlake. You're doing your poetry. You keep it going. You're, now, you're feeling better than you did a few years prior, right? Because you're, you're out of that <laughs> yeah. counselor phase where you were and, suicidal yeah. thoughts. And, and I started making friends at Westlake, too. Okay. So, I was, like, doing good there. So, you're doing well at Westlake. And as you mentioned at the beginning when we first started, 2000, and you graduated high school in 18? Yeah. So Christmas of your senior year, 2017, mm -hmm. your mother, after, what has it been now, five years, pops back up again on Christmas Day. Yeah. So. On she, Instagram. Or, on Instagram. Okay, so what happens? She DM'd me on Instagram. Like, on the 25th. On Christmas Day, so okay. But uh, yeah, she DM'd me on Christmas Day, and she's like, I don't even remember. I think she the first thing she said was like, "Hi, Owen," and I was like, "Who is this?" Like, I look at her profile, and I'm like, "Yo, this is my mom." Like, what the fuck? And I'm like, "Holy!" So what's that feeling like? Instantly, I was just like, "Wow!" Like, this is. I didn't even know. I was just like, "This is some shit." Like, I didn't even, I didn't even know. You didn't how even to know feel. how to react. Really, to it. Like, like, I was. Because your mind so... does, does your mind realize it's Christmas again and here it yeah, is? Yeah, not. Mm, see, that's. Or it thing. doesn't even hit you yet. Like it didn't really, and it, it didn't really hit me. Because now looking back, I'm like, that shit is so weird, and especially because I'm really big on like synchronization and that type of stuff right now. So then seeing that, it's just like crazy. That shit is like really crazy to me. But anyway. She's like messaging me 
and it's and it's really the same stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being blah blah blah. And at first, I was like, I was just like, I didn't even know how to feel. I was, I was really. I mean, this is the thing. I was actually kind of texting her really short messages. Like she would send me whole paragraphs, like these long apologies, and I would send her a little tiny message back, like it's okay. And I was telling her these things, but at the same time, I was feeling like, nah, this is not okay. This is like fucked up. Like you can't do that. You can't leave me all these years and then come back and tell me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like at some point, the sorry just doesn't make up for those, those lost years. And so at that point, I was like really realizing like, I just had all these emotions and I had nobody to talk to, like nobody at the time. I mean, I guess I did. Like, I could have talked to my dad. I could have talked to my stepmom. But also, like, I don't even have the closest. I mean, I do. Like, I do have a close relationship with my parents. But I don't know. I don't. I just never have ever really felt comfortable opening up with people, like, on a lot of subjects. Well, and it's a sensitive thing for you, too, because the dynamic. You know it's your dad's ex-wife, obviously, or they conceived you together and he's been the one in your life for all these years and then your mom pops up and then she's gone and then she pops up and so you probably have a psychological thing there too where you're like I don't really want to get my dad involved in this crap again because he's been there for me and now she's te- texting me it's a weird dynamic I would yeah, imagine it's just right? like, it's weird it's just it really yeah. is just weird like not to go about that so you end up <coughs> having some of these messages and then you just drive off and write the best song that you've ever written yeah i drove off and at the time are you emotional yeah i was really emotional like i was like almost crying Mm -hmm. and at the time i really liked this one artist and uh i was just searching like i don't even remember i was searching like sad beats i swear and he popped up this one artist that i like so i clicked a tight beat like literally it's just you know youtube music type beat and it was this like guitar playing and I just instantly I don't even know I just felt it it was like right there right there and there I just knew and I started writing and yeah wrote what's the song it's called something for you probably like the most you want to give us a little uh, taste of that yeah yeah I could do it a little verse or two it was um basically starts like I think <laughs> so we're not hearing the beat like sometimes I can't think of this so <laughs> trying to think um I gotta have to play it for a second I got so much music now I kind of forget <laughs> some of my songs let's crack it <clears throat> here I'll give it to you Let's start it from the beginning. So basically, it's crazy because I actually didn't even write the whole song right there. I wrote half of it, 
in the time where I was like really messed up and I was thinking like I didn't even want to continue my relationship I didn't know how I felt so I was thinking um I said a lot of shit up on my head I'm trying to figure out I think I'm living wild need to pick a different route I think I'm tripping now, done too much of sipping brown. Only talking to the mic, that's only one that listen now. Um, wonder how my mom's still even miss a child. After all the times of being so damn fucking distant out. How could you just leave me hanging, hit the door and dip on out? Then you come back six years later thinking we could fix it now. No. Mm. Doesn't work like that, we done Reminiscing on our time together Yeah, it was real fun, but now it's over with You lost your hope too quick, I knew it from the jump And just like all the mornings, I will rise up like the sun Your only son, the one and only Wasn't there when I needed you, now I'm lonely You left a mark on me, and damn, that shit was so deep Now just listen closely, this is what you told me you name me Owen River, cause you said I'll keep on flowing. You're the dam in my river, stopping me from going. I need some space and some time so I could keep on growing. Now I'm spilling all my mental on these instrumentals just to keep on going. You fucked me over, to be honest, I can't even lie. And now I wonder why I still gonna no stay so high. It eases pain that you done left me so I don't go cry. And now all I wanna say to you is goodbye. Wow. And I wrote that right there. And that's when I was like thinking, wow, like, I don't even know if I really want to continue this relationship. Like, it was a lot to handle. And I posted that on the internet that went viral. You know, I talked to a lot of people from that. And that was crazy. Like, that was actually first when I was like, yeah, okay, I need to probably keep doing music because I just touched a thousand people that liked this post over 300 that like retweeted it and then you know the people that messaged me like all of them really felt that and that's when I was like all right I should probably keep doing this that was the beginning of it for you really because I had made music before that for fun like I made it as a joke kind of like I was just like whatever let me mess around with it because rap was popular but that was the first song that I ever like put real like meaning like at all behind like I've never before that, I never actually, like, dove into my, you know, actual... It was pretty much, like, writing my poetry over again, but just now, like, you know, letting people know that side, you know, on the musical side. I'm a firm believer that... First of all, that's beautiful lyrics, beautiful tone, but uh, I'm a firm believer that everything does happen to us for a reason. And you look at the different pieces, you're not going to know why everything happens to you, but you will be able to try to understand why certain things happen and uh maybe looking back one day it'll be even clearer than it is now but it seems like maybe you do have some clarity knowing that that day that she came back in for the third time third christmas 2017 you go off you write down this it flows again like like you said like a river the lyrics are flowing onto the paper you hit this this song that has potential to be phenomenal you're touching people with it it goes somewhat viral that doesn't happen that doesn't happen if all those events don't happen prior to right who knows right who knows where you'd be sitting so you have to realize that that moment when you went and did it that wasn't just one day's worth of sporadic spur of the moment kind of situation in your life that was that was probably 10 years in the making 
nine, ten years in the making at that point. Mm -hmm. And now look at it's gotten you to this next phase. It's gotten you to uh, moving into all this music. Do you love your mom? I do. It's mm -hmm. crazy because I. So after that, you know, I posted that song went everywhere. She ended up seeing the video, and she like broke down after that. Like she was so like you know she's messaging me like. I'm so sorry, like, that you feel this way. Like, I don't ever want you to, like, you know, I don't want to have to say goodbye, all these things. And after just talking to a lot of people, like, what I picked up is everyone's telling me the same thing. Like, you're only going to have one mother. Like, I, and now I will say I'm blessed to have my stepmom. Like, she's, she, you know, they broke up. I live with her now. I live with my stepmom, and she's not even with my dad. Right. So, that's like a whole different story so she's you know on in a way like my mother too mm -hmm. and but you know at the end of the day i have one birth mother and right. i had to just you'll always love her yeah through her faults her. and everything even yeah. even if i mean you know it, it i wouldn't be where i'm at i guess you know so it sucks and it's like i had to go through certain things but at the same time i wouldn't be where i'm at and Thank Here you, you are, man. That. Here you are. A couple years more into the making since that song. Profiles raising. What was there another song that that you did or something else that you put out that got picked up and really put you out there? What was that? Yeah, my song called Vision Clear. <laughs> it took off crazy. It's called Vision Clear. Yeah. Vision so Clear. how did what happened? What how does something go crazy like that? So what happened? Basically, um, <laughs> I there was like. Alright, so I was making music, you know, I mean, for a while, and it just wasn't really catching, and it's crazy because I actually never even recorded that something for you, and everyone was telling me to, and I should have recorded it, but I never finished the song, that's why I never did, and so I just held on to it for so long, and I was working on other stuff, and then, um, and then, let's see, Vision Clear, so... I was, I just really was looking on Instagram thinking like, yo, how can I, you know, get my music to take off? And I looked and on the Explore page, there's all these accounts that kind of post these videos. Like, it's almost like memes, but not even at the same time. It's like sometimes they'll be like, you know, this is the next Kendrick Lamar. This is the next Drake, whatever. Like, they'll just show underground artists to people and, you know, give them exposure. And so I started, like, trying to reach out to them to get myself exposure. And, like, all these accounts were, like, charging $50, $100, $75. I'm like, bro, like, I'm I'm broke. I'm just, like, a kid in, like, you know, high school trying to graduate. And I was like, I'm not about to do all that. And I almost was about to give up, like, really, because I DM'd a bunch of people. And I was like, whatever, I'm going to try something else. Finally, I got one back from this dude. He charged me $15 for this promo. $15. So I paid. And I was like all shady about it too at first. I'm like, I'm about to send money to some random dude on the internet. Like real life. Who knows what's about to happen. I'm probably about to get finessed. But I, I was like, $15, whatever. Like I'll try it. Sent him $15. He did a little post on Instagram. A couple hours later, 140,000 views. It ended up racking up 140,000 wow. views. 
And I'm just saying Can I get a hold of this guy For this podcast I'm like yo I'm like this is crazy Like What Like this is just It was surreal Like And it was crazy Cause it was a lot of hate And a lot of love A lot of hate And a lot of love Of course man And most of the hate Was all Yo Why is this white kid Saying nigga uh, Why is this white kid Saying Well that's like That dude logic yeah he's he's even lighter skin right yeah exactly right? he's gone through that his whole life <coughs> definitely yeah. i want to i have to meet him because mm-hmm. he definitely knows what's up yeah so you guys can come relate to the exact same stories i'd imagine you could talk for hours probably Pro. yeah yeah but yeah so everyone's commenting that but then there's also comments that are like yo this is hard like this song is so good and i was like it was me, a video of me in the studio, like recording it. So it wasn't even like, I mean, I, it was done at the time, but I was making it look like it wasn't even like finished yet. So everyone was like, bro, drop this song, drop this song. And it was just hyping it up heavy. And then the guy messaged me back and he's like, bro, you bring in a lot of traction to my account. Like, and they post people like me all the time. Right. Other people. So they could gauge it when it's legit. And they'll when get 10,000 views, sure. twelve, you know, 50,000 on a good one. He's like, bro, you just got me 140,000 views. Like, I have another account with less followers. I want to post the same video, see what happens. The account that had the $15 I paid, that account had 45,000 followers. The other account had 15,000 followers, posted the same video, same caption, everything, 190,000 views. Wow. More comments, more followers were coming, like... I was in class sitting there like, yo, what? My phone is going crazy. Like, I just had like a million notifications on Instagram. My phone just went from like a thousand followers <laughs> to two thousand in a second. I am have like a hundred DMs. Everyone's like, you, you are were just amazing. graduating high school at this point? I was in college, actually. Oh, you are in college? I was, yeah, I was literally like in class sitting here getting all these messages. So this was when was this? Was this this, this year? Was, yeah, this was my first year of college. Um, Or not, yeah, this was last, fall? last year. Last yeah, fall. Yeah, yeah. I did one semester or one year at uh, CSU. Okay. And this was during my first semester. And you put that on hold for now to pursue this. Yeah, yeah, okay. put it on hold. That's incredible, man. It was That's crazy. incredible. And it just kept going after that. Like, and it's crazy because most people pay to keep getting a bunch of promos, and he was giving to them, like giving me these for free, and it was literally built me and put me in the position I'm in. Well, there were some... You went to Westlake. Yeah. There were some talented kids that came out of Westlake that popped off yeah. several years ago in the Paul Brothers. Yeah. Did you uh, go to school at the same time as Jake? Um, No, I didn't. I was... He was in the high school, I think, when I was in probably like 7th or 8th grade. Okay. Was there something... You guys had, had something... You were connected in some way, shape, or form? Or? Um, <laughs> I had... Uh, it's funny. I went to... Yeah, ninth grade, freshman year at the high school, I everybody was like, cause you know this is right when they had blown up, like and went famous on Vine and everything, so everyone's like, oh my gosh, they went to our school. Let's try and find the books that they used, and I'm like, what? Like y'all weird. I wasn't even really big on them. Like I, I mean, I saw their videos on Vine, but I never was like the hugest fan. Sure. And so I was like, whatever. And then like. Of course, I opened up my science book and I look inside and Jake Paul's signatures in there. There was, and I'm like, wow, look at that! Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Owen's got Jake Paul's book. And ended up funny, getting man. that book like stolen. They're like, oh, and the new kid's got Jake Paul's book. Damn, <laughs> yeah, <man." laughs> they're like, How he hasn't even been here for more than a year, <laughs> and he's already got it. 
It yeah, those crazy. kids really blew up, man. Yeah, you guys for could, real. You could take some take some tips tidbits from those guys too. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> well, this is great. I mean, so you've obviously you've had a tremendously tumultuous, challenging childhood. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no better, no clean, easy way to say it. Uh, but your experiences have made you into the man you are now today. It's probably made you a hell of a lot stronger, I'd imagine. It makes you look at life probably different than 99% of people look at their life at 19 years old. Um, and it gives you an appreciation for uh, for just your ability to overcome it. And it gives you probably a hunger to really succeed mm-hmm. and come out on top. And, for real. and, and, and I, I have a feeling you're driven whether you know it consciously or subconsciously, you're driven by these events, your mother's specifically. Yeah. Uh, you're driven to put out music, and I think a, a lot of your music is must be fueled by your personal experiences. It's crazy, because I really only write about, like, what I go through at that. Like, most of my music is really about what I'm going through at the time. <clears throat> People will tell me all the time, write more stuff like something for you. Write more stuff like Vision Clear. Like, I mean, you you don't realize what I went through to write something for you. Like, do you want me to? I mean, I can you know recall on those times, but it'll. It's I mean it's I mean I guess I can make it sound different, but you know it's gonna be the same stuff. Like, I can't make necessarily another something for you that'll be that great again because I it's like I would have to go through that again. You know? Well, you'd have Obviously, to force and you'd have to wanna, force it. Nothing's yeah. as good the second time when it's forced. You, yeah. you wouldn't be as authentic. Right. That was that was pure raw emotions. That was a decade of buildup of I can't imagine. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what you got through. Man, that's a powerful story that you got. And it seems like your story just start it's just starting, man. You're nineteen. It's crazy because I've been really big on like synchronization a lot and like just things like happening in my life where like and it's crazy because I I've been watching like a lot of videos and they say that when a lot of like synchronicities happen in your life that means you're on the right path you're doing like the right thing like if you're seeing things like that and I just swear like everything it feels like it's lining up now and I still can't like fully see it because I'm like in it I'm living sure you it. can't you're too close but, to it but you feel the energy is moving it. around I you feel it. What was that the the thing that happened on, with the Instagram overseas too, right? Was that hmm. part of that song that you just told me? Or was that, um, a, no, a, that was different a different song? song? Different song. And they basically used your song to promote Instagram in what country? Denmark or um, like France, somewhere like, over in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Europe. <laughs> so they just took your song. Well, no. So basically, it was it was that was all planned out. Like that was a big thing. Basically, so this happened when Vision Clear was blowing up on Instagram. This guy, he's a French DJ. His name is Vladimir Koshmar. He reached out to me and he's like, "Yo, I saw you on my Explore page. Like, you are a dope singer." And, and you know, he's French. Like, he barely even talked. Like, you know, he could do good English. So he's like, "Uh, you are you are a good singer. I want to do song with you." And I'm like, "Okay, bet." And uh, like at first, I was kind of just like, "This is weird," but you know, whatever. Like, I saw his followers. He was verified. Whatever. Like, I'll do a song with him. He sent me the beats, and they were like EDM, like trap, like beats. And I was like, "Bro, what is this?" And he's like, "This, this is what I do in my country. Like, we make EDM, like music. This is what popular." 
and I was like trying to figure out like okay who has he worked with so then I look him up on YouTube and his biggest song was with 6 9 like that was his last yeah, song bro. yeah so he's like alright sign me up with this guy I don't care on, if it's right. EDM, CDM, like, whatever, BDM. bro. I don't care what DM it is <laughs> like, man. <laughs> let me hop on this cause this dude he's definitely out here and uh he sent me a beat I at the time you know I'm still like in college like I had no money like I was never in the studio for so long that's what that was my biggest like that was the hardest thing if I would have had a, the ability to get in the studio more like something for you probably would have dropped way earlier that would have came out mm -hmm. and but I mean I guess everything happens for a reason so can't question that but anyway yeah he like we I recorded it along he sent me money like he sent me like French, you know, some euros over, over through PayPal, and he's like, "Go to the studio, record this song," because I was sending him little snippets of me, like just recording on Snapchat and then sending it to him. He's like, "This is so good, this is so good. People in my country are gonna love this." I'm like, "All right, whatever." So he sent me money, we recorded it, and then nothing. Like, well, we held on to it for a while, and he sent me a contract, and I did not want to sign it for so long because everyone is telling me. I was in business school, too, at mm -hmm. CSU. I told my teacher about it. She's like, don't sign that contract. You don't know what it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. You don't know what you're signing up for. <clears throat> so I didn't sign it for so long. Finally, his team, like, not even him, his managers came to me, and they're, like, emailing me repeatedly. We want to drop this song. Instagram wants to use it for an ad, a promotion. They want to use it in films and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, you, you're really trying to use this song? And they're like, yeah, like, we're trying to use this. And, you know, we want to get you paid. And I was like, all right. So I kind of just signed it. I didn't even tell anybody. I was just like, I'm signing it. Like, really? And, yeah, they ended up using it on the Instagram ad. They pay you? Um, yeah, I won't talk numbers, but <laughs> I definitely got paid. Nice. well for that and I'm you know I got paid for the ad and I still get paid for the song at the end of the day so that's great man you know that's it beautiful. was definitely a good uh <laughs> well you're going in the right your trajectory your trajectory is going in the right direction you're going up what are you doing what's what's 2019 to 2020 looking like for you shows recording um, what's next crazy 2020 that's a big year 2020 that's vision clear you know I like that that's what I'm I've been trying to tell everybody like I'm really I'm really big also on speaking things into existence. Real life. You can speak anything into existence. Like just say it and you know, tell yourself it'll happen a lot and it's gonna happen. And I've realized like that works. I've been doing it. So I'm saying like it's crazy because I made vision clear not even knowing like I was like twenty nineteen is my build up and twenty twenty is gonna be my vision clear. And like I feel like this next year is gonna be you're gonna use the social media keep putting stuff out yeah I mean I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna do me like I'm not even I'm, it's crazy like I really don't have much plans still like I'm kinda just making music because music is what I love but I'm realizing that the music is becoming more than like what I even am like it's getting bigger than me so I I have to figure out like okay we gotta come up with some type of strategy and get this rolling because 2020 vision clear is about to be yeah make, keep making the music surround yourself with the right people the right team the right yeah. talent around you let them continue to work it for you you just continue <coughs> to, to let, follow your passion let it flow like a river like you said and uh, I have no doubt man you, you, you've got big things in, in your future hey um, 
really appreciate you coming on today, well, sharing your story. You. I know it's not easy to talk about. Uh, I have no doubt this is going to go far and wide, and uh, hopefully we'll touch some lives today. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Best for of luck me. to you, brother. Thank we'll you. talk soon. All right. For sure.